open enrollment to become Surge Strength Dryland Certified is going on right now, but only for a limited time. Stop being frustrated and wasting time with little or no results with your dryland training. Learn how you can quickly and effectively create a dryland program that gets you results. Visit SurgeStrength.com slash certification to enroll now to become SSDC before it's too late. Now, let's join your host of the Surge Strength Podcast, Chris Ritter. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Surge Strength Podcast. Hope you're doing well. I don't know. This is Christmas, my birthday. I don't know. I'm so excited for today. It has finally come. We have opened our doors for open enrollment for you to become SSDC. And wow, already so many coaches and swimmers are taking a step, making an investment in themselves and the athletes that they work with to gain more dryland knowledge and more importantly, confidence in their abilities. It's awesome to see. I hope that you will join them. Just go to our website, surgestrength.com slash certification. You can get more information on becoming SSDC and you got to enroll today. It's only going to be open for a few days. So make a decision. I hope you'll be with us in the Surge Strength Academy. One coach that's already in the Surge Strength Academy, he's been enrolled for a while now, has those SSDC credentials behind his name, is John Rogers. And he is a dryland certified coach in North Carolina. And I love John's perspective because he has been in the strength and conditioning world, the fitness industry for a long time. He has a number of certifications, has worked with a number of different type of athletes, and over the years, especially more recently, has kind of really uh, gone into the niche of serving swimmers in particularly. And John just sings the praises of, he says, this is an amazing certification, talking about becoming SSDC. There isn't any reason for people not to get value out of becoming SSDC if you just follow what's presented. And the reason I think that's so powerful coming from a trainer like John, who has had decades in the field, dozens of certifications, continuing education, the fact that he puts SSDC that high on his list on what he learned from that. So it's not just uh, stuff that everybody knows, but at the same time, we make sure it's simple. So don't feel like you're going to get overwhelmed if you have no background like John. But then on the other hand, if you're like John and you've been doing this for a while and you're still searching for how do I make this swimming specific? How do I connect the dots? How do I pair what we're doing in the water, what we're doing on land you got to enroll to become SSDC. Do it today. Do it before you listen to the rest of this podcast. The link is in the show notes, surgestrength.com slash certification. I hope to see you in the academy. Let's jump on in with our conversation with John Rogers, SSDC. Dryland Talk. One of the things, John, yeah. that you had mentioned, you really got out of becoming SSDC. And you were one of the early ones, if I remember, that jumped on and, and got your SSDC credentials was the concept of of clean training. Can you describe to our audience what it is and how that particularly resonated with you? Yeah, well, in traditional training settings or traditional workout uh, approaches or in gyms, um, there's this whole mantra of training for fatigue, training for just trying to be super sore and you don't get anything out of your training if you're sore or in pain some kind of way. Um, and okay, that's that's fine to a certain extent, but for what we're focusing on is just getting the best 
lot of our swimmers. They can better performing athletes so they can swim better, perform better, um, which means that you need to program specifically for that. You're not programming for soreness. You're not programming to become a better lifter. Mm. You're not programming um, to get good at dry land even. <laughs> you're performing. You're, you're training to become a faster swimmer, um, which means that you don't have to go a 1,000 reps in a particular exercise for, for a set. That doesn't mean you have to bench a thousand pounds, right? Focus on, yeah, and the other thing, and the way that you kind of break this down is ratios. You really sort of simplify the movements of the programming in terms of the exercise. You got a, a squat, a hinge, and a push and a pull. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then there's a one-to-one ratio, which is good. In other words, if you're, if you're putting together your workout, you do equal set, equal sets of uh, end reps of benching or mm-hmm. pushing exercises versus a pulling or a row exercise. Even better, if you do more rowing, mm-hmm. benching, it's even better. Um, and same thing, or to a certain degree with squat and hinge. The whole point is, is that in our everyday lives, we're always forward flex. Yeah. Right? We do a lot. We're sitting, right, right now I'm sitting. <laughs> or I'm um, on a computer and my shoulders are forwardly flexed, mm-hmm. right? Pulling gets us out of that position for hours that we may be in. Hinging extends through the hips, um, which is very much necessary for swimming position in many cases. So um, we don't emphasize a thousand reps are getting really strong and what we're already sort of overly active at, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. we balance out and try to re- re- reverse a lot of those imbalances in, in the posture that we may come into swimming as, or you may come in our, into lifting as. And, um, and the other thing is you're not hammering the reps that you're going through in these exercises, because again, you don't want to leave your dry land crawling out the door. You want to have something to go with either into your practice or in your recovery. So I hope that explains it. Oh yeah. So, yeah, not, yeah. And I think the culture of swimming is almost directly opposed to what I'm talking about in terms of like how they train in the water and historically how they've trained in the water, it's reps upon thousands of reps volume, you know, the bigger, the better. And yes, that has changed somewhat, but it's still embedded, I think pretty deep in just the culture of coaching and and that. And so taking that to the gym is maybe the worst thing you can do. And so that's an important thing to kind of realize is we're not in the water anymore. So it's not about how many reps can we squeeze in, how many sets, you know, never take a break. You're you're standing there for 10 seconds. What are you doing? We got to be moving. That's the mindset that the coach has on deck. And that's almost the opposite you need to take into the gym to be successful. That's it. That's it. And that's even how I coach training with my clients. I mean, Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people that come from other gyms um, and that's the mantra. So they come in with that sort of mindset. Why are we standing around? Why are we sitting here working on breathing? You know, why are we, I'll have my clients when on the ground, especially if they're taxed and they can't yeah. start looking like they're changing color. Yeah. Now I just have them lay down and do belly breathe just to have them learn how to take all that stress out of their body so that they can handle the next set mm-hmm. or exercise. So it's very much about finding balance. I mean, there's only so much the body can handle contracting and getting tight and that's all well and good, but, you know, there's only so much your body can handle before it's going to start to turn on you and you're going to start hitting plateaus and God forbid injury and pain and all those other types of cycle things that you may jump on. Yeah. And just the concept of balance that we've been talking about here, John, like you mentioned about the two to one ratio of more pulling 
to pushing. I remember as I'm kind of going through my journey as a personal trainer, strength coach is almost kind of having that hit me in the face when it came to working with swimmers specifically, where I don't know if other sports I'm as worried about getting to that two to one ratio. I'm more probably hovering around a one to one, like let's just make sure it's overall balanced. But in swimming, I just kind of kept feeling, well, why don't we just do a little bit more pulling? Cause like you said, naturally almost everyone is in more forward flexion than not. And then you compound that by what, 10 times when they're in the pool now doing this all the time. So it just started to click with me. Well, I know I'm supposed to be balanced, but I think I need to go this way when it comes to working with swimmers specifically to counteract what they're doing in the water. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you even talked about the assessments <laughs> before you have the swimmers come in, you want to assess them to see where they're at in terms of their posture, in terms of how they move. Mm -hmm. um, and that's very much my philosophy and how I approach training clients or, or athletes or what have you is you need to know what people are presenting you, what their body can handle. Um, some people may have good posture, but nine times out of 10, they're full reflex. Mm. Um, and that gives you insight. Okay, this is what they need to focus on in terms of their exercise or how to specify their programming more around function and, and those types of exercise. Yeah. So now that you're a few years into working with this group of swimmers, what's the feedback that you're getting from both the athletes and the parents and maybe even the coaches as well? Um, well, coaches like the fact that the swimmers are available. <laughs> they're not right. They're not in pain all the time. Um, and, and I was able to do a lot of that work with the, with the swimmers. I mean, since COVID hit, everything's kind of spread out. All, right. You know, I'm all over the place. But I was there. I used to work with all age groups um, at the location where I was previously training out of. And I was able to handle pain and discomfort issues on the side of the pool deck. So I had my little bag. I had foam rollers and little things. That I was doing stretches to help them. Why is my shoulder hurting? Yeah. You know, up and you know, I have a cramp on my diaphragm. You know, weird things like that that happened during practice, and I was able to handle it like within the, the minutes and send it back in the pool, and they were yeah. able to go through it. Um, but the you know the assessments um, are, are super important. Um, you know, just being able to sort of address issues. Um, that coaches can't because they're focused on performance in the water um, has really grown um, my value in, in terms of in, in helping coaches out. Obviously, parents are happy because their kids aren't in super pain and not you know crying, what have you. Um, and the kids, obviously, because they're not in pain. I mean, it, it's really you know, it, muscle pain is one of the worst things you can have. <laughs> you may think you, you may think you have a broken rib or something. It is horrible because it mm -hmm. translates to different parts of the body and cause headaches, all kinds of things. But um, you can do a lot just by massaging the muscles out, by breathing, mm -hmm. stretching. That does a lot in terms of taking away the wear and tear, the stress that you're applying to yourself while you're swimming or during meat, during dry land, all these different types of things. So, um, and that's the part of it I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, being there and helping people out. And when you're speaking of pain, sometimes or oftentimes the point where they feel pain isn't necessarily the root cause. So they could say, yeah, my shoulder's hurting, but it may be because their shoulder can't move because something else is locked or weak. And so the shoulder is the one getting beat up. That's it. And I mean, I feel like a broken record sometimes because sometimes the same kids may come to me as, why is my shoulder hurt? Well, 
Did you do what we talked about? Did you do the stretches? Did you roll? And so on. I mean, obviously, you don't want to do that during this strategic time to do that. But right. it'll, you know, it'll start to present itself if you're not doing what's appropriate. And again, as you're becoming older and more mature, you're having to be a little bit more aggressive in your performance, mm-hmm. which means there's more stress which means you have to be a little bit more disciplined in how you take care of yourself and the programming and what you're doing while you're, you know, while you're training. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, everything has been, it's been, it's been a well, wonderful experience. That's so awesome. Far. It's I I'm hearing a thread <clears throat> of basically you've been able to increase the athletes that you're working with specifically these swimmers in the last years, they're almost overall resiliency. So that, you know, when, when you get them even just a little bit stronger, I feel like that magnifies the, the, the whatever workouts they're going through in the pool so that the coach can then push them harder. So not only, like you said, are the swimmers more available to the coach, the coach is probably finding they can push them more because they're not having to get out because their shoulders hurt and they, they've gotten an extra stress on land and now they can take it into the pool. Yeah. Yeah. And it just leads to better better outcomes overall. Um, I mean, other sort of windows you've run up against, and this is just part of the whole process, is, is this motivation. Mm. <laughs> Some kids are like, ah, you know, how high do I want to go in this? Yeah, how do you deal um, with that? Yeah, I mean, it, it gets frustrating. I mean, right now, the, the kids that I'm working with are all seniors, so they're at that sort of point where they're going to decide whether they're going to go and swim in college or, or what they're doing to get ready for that whole process. So there's a lot of people trying to decide how that is. The kids that I started with two years ago are now freshmen mm. at that age. So um, they've had to deal with that whole process um, and just try to negotiate you know, all the issues with COVID. So um, it, it's, it's, been, it's been a process. I mean, it, it, we're all learning. Um, I know swimming is very difficult, very <laughs> at that level. It's, it's a whole different ball game. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different things that variables that we're all dealing with around that. Um, but, you know, we'll, you know, we're just, I'm, I'm just taking it by as, as it goes for the most part. Um, once we find our way out of COVID and things right. are normal a little bit, we've got a better sense. Um, You're not alone in that, John. <laughs> a lot of coaches are uh, having to deal with it, you know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's very challenging right now. So, John, what would you say to other, I want to say specifically personal trainers, strength coaches, people that have a background in exercise science training like yourself, why should they take on another certification like becoming SSDC? Well, it gives you another avenue, another niche, per se, um, for your business. I mean, swimmers. You know, a lot of them, they're around. <laughs> they start at a very young level. They go all through life. And you mentioned this also in certification. You can do swimming later on in life. You know, so there's, there's not a sort of a lack of, of people that you can work with. Um, but it provides everything you need to do um, to really get a good foundation and starting point to start working with swimmers. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty all streamlined. I mean, I wish I would have known about this two years ago. <laughs> When I was writing, because um, it really cleaned up, because I used to do more than eight. For example, one of the things you suggest in terms of just individual repetitions is not doing more than six mm. per set, or maybe eight 
um, and I was doing maybe 12 mm-hmm. and so on. There's a little bit bigger window of that with core work because a lot of swimmers right. need to strengthen the core. But of course, with this primary movement, push, pull, squat, hinge, focusing right around that, that eight, you know, and I wasn't doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. I was doing maybe eight or we were working for extended amounts of time. Um, we didn't have a lot, a lot of weight at the time when we were doing this. So we That's the other really, factor. Yeah. Yeah. We, didn't, we were doing body weight primarily. Um, we didn't have tons and tons of weight to, um, to move around, but, but even still, it keeps, you know, fresh. You feel fresh. You feel invigorated. You feel like you can go into your practice or your meet um, prepared and ready to go. And that's the other thing. You provide year-round scheduling, seasonal programming. And that's one of the things I was working with this week with the swimmers that I'm with now is that they have meets this weekend. So we were working into that. We mm. didn't do our, we did our heavier lifting maybe up to uh, last weekend or maybe this Sunday. And we kind of tapered down a lot of the heavier volume stuff that we were doing. Like, for example, last night, all we did was work on was mobility um, for the swimmers that I'm having um, compete this weekend. Um, but you provide strategies and approaches for doing that um and it's all clear and it's all laid out and it's all defined easy to understand you don't have to jump down rabbit holes or Mm. chase down you know all these weird ways of doing it so um it's just a really effective way to sort of promote your business if you have an interest in swimming um this is a good sort of uh um way to go about learning how to train and work with clients that may want to do that that's awesome. Well, John, I, I appreciate the high praise you're giving the SSDC because especially coming from a seasoned professional like yourself in the training world, that was my hope is that I want to reach the swim coaches that don't know a lot of this stuff. But then if I can also kind of get it to where it still provides value for people that have been in the field a long time, but maybe just want some specific details about swimming or even just some fresh ideas. So th- that's great to hear that that's what it provided for you. Yeah. Um, and it made sense. And, and it was just, it was very, I mean, I was able to get through it. Um, I started early. One of the coaches told me about the um, certification. Um, they told me to, to go ahead and pursue it. And I did it and did it pretty fast. And it all made sense. And it was a you know, really good experience to get through. That's awesome. John, as we're wrapping up here, do you have a specific story you can share with the audience of how you've seen the power of dry land help a swimmer have better performance in the water? Um, flexibility. Mm. <laughs> Just something simple as flexibility. Um, for example, you'll have a kid that comes in after practice and they're you know, they, they put, uh, you know, I usually assess them. Each training session is an assessment. I want to mm-hmm. see what they're able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll ask them, number one, how are you feeling today? Um, and based upon that, we'll go forward. But just last night, we were working on a backstroker um, who couldn't get full mobility with their shoulders. They couldn't get their arms overhead. So we worked on a couple of um, function or mobility exercises to allow her to get to that free range of motion so that she can really articulate as much as she could through the shoulder joint. And she felt a lot better. It was kind of drastic um, going through the whole process mm. of rolling out and stretching, rolling out and stretching and, and utilizing certain exercises for it. But just the fact that she found that she can see the difference in what she was able to do through the shoulder was, was pretty profound. 
Um, and that's a regular occurrence. I mean, that's one of the things that I do consistently um, with the swimmers. Again, if they can't get in position, they can't perform. <laughs> yeah, coach can and talk all day he wants about, you know, high vertical forearm, what the catch looks like. But if the swimmer physically can't get there, it's going to be frustrating for everyone. Exactly, exactly. And it was almost night and day. I mean, she came in and she was kind of stuck and, and we kind of un, undid all that and mobilized her and made her feel confident um, in going into a meet this weekend. So, um, so that would be one of the things that we focus on. Um, That's awesome. And l- I love too how it, you were doing that at post swimming session, you said? So they were, they were swimming. So that's a great example of a really effective way. If your dryland has to be after, then you have to kind of shift your focus. So your focus in the right place is saying, all right, I need to increase the range of motion because they've just spent the last couple hours doing this and to help them reset. So the next time they come back to the pool, they're in a better position. And we even, and you even talk about strategies for training during meet day. Mm-hmm. very short workout sessions you can do to really prime the nervous system so that they are not fatigued yeah. but ready to go um, and we've been working with her on jumping rope just to get her whole um, body just kind of coordinated I don't think that's one of the approaches that was discussed too much in the certification but she likes it mm. and she likes how it, makes it, how, how it makes her feel and she notices how it makes her perform better during her practices um, so we discuss certain things that she can do because I won't be there um, when she's getting ready to, to swim. Um, but she was talking about what can I do prior to getting in the water? Um, and you provide strategies for that as well. In the That's awesome. Case. What, one thing too, John, that you've mentioned that you've seen mm-hmm. results in is just even with the simple belly breathing. And we kind of talked about this earlier of just something as simple as working on your breathing. Can you talk about the results the swimmers have seen just with laying on the ground and working with their breathing? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I tell people, I mean, especially because the tendency when you're exercising or just under stress is to hold your breath and, and just make everything worse. Um, so, when, and you can see it when they're working out, you know, especially if they're doing something new, breathing is gone. All they're doing yeah. is focusing on is trying to perform the movement. Um, and they just get tired. They get overly exhausted and they just work against themselves. Um, so the first thing that I have them do is work on belly breathing. And I said, why are we doing this? Well, you know, what's the whole point behind it? The whole point is you need oxygen to move, you need to survive. So your belly breathing teaches you a much deeper way of bringing in oxygen and transferring gases internally so that you can have more endurance as you're performing under stress. Um, and not only does it give you more endurance, it keeps you from freaking out. It keeps you um, in, a, in a sort of centered, focused um, frame of mind so you can really perform against the stresses that you have going on externally. So that belly breathing activity, you just, I just have them just lay on the ground and, and focus. I just, I don't remember the way you did it, I think, but I just have them one hand on the belly button and one hand yeah. on the sternum. Mm-hmm. And as a breathing the lower hand on the belly button is the only one that's moving. But they're breathing deep, long breaths into their nose, out to the mouth. And I just let them think about, number one, they don't know how to do it. Right. It's, that, that's really hard. The kids are like, how, how is this so hard? <laughs> yeah. It, it takes practice. It takes repetition. And I tell them, this is your homework. Before you go to sleep, do this. 
practices before you go to sleep. But once they start to get, you can see it because the hand, like you can really, it looks like a balloon is expanding in their lower part of their torso. Um, but I have them think about how it makes them feel. Are you getting relaxed? Are you feeling like you're calming down? Um, and they start to feel it after a few repetitions. But I also tell them, as you mentioned, practice the style of breathing on the wall in between your sets. Practice the style of breathing during dry land. So that, mm-hmm. number one, you can exist and, and not only exist, but, you know, you can last during the whole sort of exit, you know, the whole training regimen. Um, but it just gives you that much more endurance. It gives you that much more sort of presence of mind. Um, it keeps you calm in the storm so that you can handle, you know, the stress that's going on all around you. So, um, yeah. And it also, I mean, it helps to, like I said, I've had cases myself, but I've also had swimmers come up to me on the deck during practice. I have this super cramp in my in their diaphragm, essentially. They're trying to point to it. Yep. But yeah, they get a cramp in their diaphragm. And that belly breathing will help release that yep. tension um, in the diaphragm or in any other um, area that they're feeling pain, especially if they're doing certain things. So just, again, it's all about balance with me. <laughs> yeah. you need to, it's good to get strong and get tightened, but you need some type of time spent on trying to undo some of that because that's not all the body is meant to do. So, and you explain all that um, <laughs> in, in your programming and in your certification. So. That's awesome. Well, John, it sounds like the swimmers and coaches there are very lucky to have you. It sounds like you're a good secret weapon for them in terms of building up their resilience, helping them move better, seeing results in the water. So coaches out there, you need to get certified. But if you have a trainer that works with you, like John there works with the, the sailfish team, get them certified too. Because like John said, he's been in this game a long time and was well qualified to work with the swimmers before getting certified. But now the certification has helped him even more so in that. So John, any closing thoughts? Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I echo what you just said. I mean, this is a valuable um, piece to have in your arsenal in terms of approaching a whole, the, the whole endeavor of making better swimmers. Um, and keeping them healthy, keeping them more resilient, making them faster. Um, and it's very much streamlined. Again, you can go down the rabbit hole of all these different approaches, but it's all there laid out for you as long as you follow what's being sort of presented in front of you. Um, I see no reason for not making some type of progress um, forward. That's awesome. John, thanks again for your time. And we look forward to having you back on to hear more great results as you get years and years with this club. Sure thing. Thanks. Open enrollment to become Surge Strength Dryland Certified is going on right now. Don't miss out because this is only for a limited time. Learn more about becoming SSDC at surgestrength.com slash certification and join hundreds of coaches and swimmers from dozens of countries around the world that are making a commitment to having Dryland become a true strength of their program.